Welcome to Between Lewis and Lovecraft. I'm Hannah. And I'm Tyler. We're here to learn more about the lives of authors that have inspired us, a journey into the stories they not only created, but also lived. So join us as we dive deep into the worlds that live just out of reach. Welcome to a happy little Christmas episode with Between Lewis and Lovecraft. I'm Tyler Clausen. With me, as always, is Hannah Ray Lambert. We're just going to get right into Christmas and help you guys enjoy the festivities, the holidays, the spirits. Try not to have intercourse with them like Charles Dickens did. (laughs) (laughs) If they didn't listen to our last episode, that's going to sound really weird. (laughs) And as usual, uh, this intro has been a complete surprise and delight to me. So thank you for setting the mood, Tyler. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm kind of thinking, because I just faded out the music, I might end up bringing uh, bringing back some music and just letting it play. Through the whole episode. Oh, that would be very great for our Some listeners. Cool musical lo-fi. So every yeah. time we get quiet, they can just chill out. <laughs> they can be like, okay, stop talking, guys. I'm vibing. This is a special episode. We're it doing is. some special stuff here. This is our last formal episode of uh, 2020. Formal? Well, <laughs> don't you have one more correspondence? Or are we all the way done? We're done. We're, We're done. done this is our last yeah. episode. Devani uh, and I sat down. That came out this last Monday. Um... And uh, we just got to talking about cool stuff, so that was that was really cool. Um, and this is not a formal episode; <laughs> we don't even have an outline. We don't. I, I have some notes. Yeah, I watched. I'm that kind of person. I watched like 13 different little like documentaries on things, and there's one specific story, especially the one that I watched where it was the drunk history, and they <laughs> talked about it on that one too. So I was like, oh, if drunk history's gonna do, we got to cover it too. So, Perfect. thanks, Drunk History. Thank you. Thanks, Derek Waters. Feel free to call me up whenever you need <laughs> someone who's not as funny as everybody else that you get on your show. <laughs> Didn't he have, like, Ryan Gosling on there once? Uh, or no, was that... What? That was a different Drunk Something podcast. What? I think he was doing the night before Christmas. So it was, like, Drunk Stories or something. This sounds awesome. It was Where great. Is I'm going to find this video and send it to you. Do they need... Can we look it up on Podchaser? Ooh. <sighs> Foreshadowing. To our outro. <laughs> <laughs> to the very end of the Stick episode. Stick around to the very end of the episode. Find out what Tyler means. So we're we're hanging out, folks. We're we're doing some, some Charles Dickens talk. Um, finishing up that conversation. We're gonna get more specific into a Christmas Carol, which is his like his legacy. Yeah, probably I mean, Carol. His most famous work, most sure. accessible. Yeah. Less stuffy than some of the other ones. True that. <laughs> um, we're hanging out in the studio. We got some studio lighting. We got presents hidden throughout the room for each other. We got Ron motherfucking Swanson sitting on the TV with a with a fireplace and a glass of whiskey. This is the Yule log that my family likes to watch every year. I don't know about yours, is, but this is brand new, right? Like this just came out this year. No, it was around at least last year too. Oh, Cause really? I remember we were watching it. It's great. I love it. I love the idea that Ron Swanson, you know, is just staring into my soul. Um, uh, just hanging out. I've also already figured out where they do the loops. So 
Oh my gosh. You're that person. <laughs> yeah. You're in the YouTube comments going like, it's at 11 oh, minutes and 12 seconds. <laughs> Shoddy editing, guys. I think what it is is like, uh, obviously this is a cliche, but Ron Swanson in a way is the kind of person that I want to be, right? <laughs> and everybody, every guy says that. Lots of women say that because it's true. He's, he's a stand-up character. But like, I, I'm not so much like the, I want to be handsy and like, do like wood carving and shit like that. I'm just not. I, that's not who I am. More this. This is the Ron Swanson. <laughs> sitting, sitting in a room with a glass of whiskey and just listening to other people talk like he's doing with us. Mm. Just chilling, man. Like I, I love it so much. So so this is the this is who I want to be in the future. This You're is You're much me nicer than Ron Swanson though. You care about people. That's very true. <laughs> Whereas he's like I don't want to know you. I'm going to yeah. call you by the wrong name if, to if we prove get that too I don't chummy, like you. I'll tell yeah. you by the wrong name just to remind you that I don't care. Or everybody was getting too chummy around here. So I, <laughs> what was it? He accidentally broke the coffee machine <laughs> or something. And like then he that. like gets everybody else to think that it's someone else. Yeah, that was classic. All right. Uh, enough about Ron Swanson. We can talk about Nick Offerman another time <laughs> and talk about his book because he wrote a book. He too. wrote a book? Yeah, it might just be memoirs, but still, we could we could fucking cover that. I would read his memoir. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and let's talk about Charles Dickens. Let's talk about Charles Dickens and A Charles Christmas Carol. So we kind of alluded to it in the last episode, but A Christmas Carol was really, quote unquote, revolutionary for the time. Yeah. Like Christmas was still, Christmas in the mid 1800s was not how we think of it today. Um and I, you know a lot about the Victorian era because your wife forces you to watch a lot of movies. <laughs> I wouldn't um, say I know a lot. So feel free to step in. Um, I know more than I want to know. <laughs> but it was in like 1841 that Prince Albert um, introduced the Christmas tree tradition. Yeah. Because that was a thing from his native Germany. Yeah. Um, so that's when kind of Christmas trees started popping up in rich people's mansions. Yeah. Uh, in England. Oh, have you heard the Prince Charles and the Prince <laughs> He just brought a tree into his home and he put candles on it. It's totally safe. Can you imagine, like, seeing someone do that for the first time? Be like, why did you just cut a tree down and yeah. drag it into your house? That's filthy. I just, I just imagine the person who, like, like those trendsetter people who always have to be on top of it. They read in their old-timey newspaper that, that Prince Albert brought in a tree and put candles on it as part of his thing. And to set the trend, they, like rush outside and just cut down the first tree and it's just some shitty it's not not even they got uh, like a maple yeah, tree yeah just or like something. a maple tree yeah. and they just put it up in their, <laughs> this dead tree in their house <laughs> it's a Christmas tree everybody in Germany is doing it <laughs> yeah to be a fly on the wall during that trend <laughs> and now it's just totally normal yeah um, and then 1843 was the year of the first commercially printed Christmas card, which mm -hmm. I thought was interesting. Yeah, it's a couple, um, couple little, like, uh... It's like a triptych. Little, a like, triptych? Yeah, so that's the three-theme art. Oh, okay. So right. the backstory that I saw in that one was some, like, art lover named Henry Cole had a shit ton of friends and didn't want to go through all the effort of handwriting a long card to everyone, which was what you did back then. Yeah. So he and his friend got together and designed this little thing with like a scene of a family having Christmas dinner and drinking and being merry in the middle and then like pictures of people helping the poor on either side. Yeah. Um, and then he mailed off however many 
actually they printed a thousand Mm -hmm. and he only needed some of them for his friends so they sold the rest yeah yeah so the 1840s were kind of a big time for developing christmas traditions because then in 1843 we get a christmas carol there was also the invention of the christmas cookie oh my at around this time i can't remember what date or anything i don't know what a christmas cookie is but i want one like is it just a sugar cookie in the shape of a christmas tree no because they didn't have christmas trees Oh. So what's a Christmas cookie? Just cookies that you eat at Christmas time? I want a Christmas cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody, if somebody knows the uh, history of the Christmas cookie, please write in to us. You can be uh, a guest on our correspondence (laughs) episode where if you make us the cookies and we can try them. Yes. Between Lewis and Lovecraft baking show. (gasps) Don't. All right, Hannah. (laughs) Don't even. Okay. I got enough on my plate. (laughs) You can have even more to eat on your plate if you do this. No! Stop! (laughs) But I really want Christmas cookie. Yeah. I want to know what the original Christmas... I never thought about that. It's probably got nuts in it, right? Yeah, it's probably like... They probably have like... It's like a cookie with a nut inside of it or something. (laughs) And it's probably not as sweet as... You keep talking about this. I'm going to look it up while you I have nothing else to talk about. I I need to talk about... (laughs) uh, I need to talk about a Christmas carol. 1800s. Yeah, keep talking about Christmas Carol. Uh, 1800s. Christmas. Oh, like you're wait. like muttering in the background. Yeah, you were supposed to talk. <laughs> I was going to be like muttering while I do it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the backstory of A Christmas Carol. So as you will know from our last episode, Charles Dickens was very aware of social issues and poverty and whatnot in England during the 1800s. Um, and in the in 1843, he had most recently been freaked out by a parliamentary report on Britain's child laborers. Yeah, it was fucked up. Yeah. It was straight fucked up. Well, I saw some stuff and I was like, <gasps> what well, what was the most disturbing aspect to you? Uh the the drawing that they did of the minor children, uh not the like the like little mines, but like yeah, mines, yeah. Um and they and there were these little shoots that they would send the kids down into and then they would like tie uh, a cart full of coal to their waist and then they'd have to climb their way back up the chute with the coal. Jesus. And it was only small enough that a little child could get through there. Dang. What kind of what kind of person does that to a person? To a child? <sighs> Christmas cookie. Alright. <laughs> So, yeah, Dickens, obviously not uh, thrilled with how poor children and poor people in general are being treated in Britain. Um, And then that fall in October, he went to Manchester to give a speech in support of a charity that was specifically tailored toward poor and working class people. Um, During that trip, he also visited his sister and his nephews, including Harry, who uh, was disabled, which might have been the inspiration for one of the characters he would write about upon returning to his home. Um, So throughout these experiences, he decided he wanted to write something very important, something that would change people's views, which is kind of a theme with some of his other works too. Um, He also first planned it as a pamphlet, which he was going to call an appeal to the people of England on behalf of the poor man's child, Mm -hmm. which sounds boring AF and very luxury. Yeah. If there's one thing that people love, it's being lectured to. Especially and around it, Christmas time. And there's one thing that 
if there's one group of people that love it the most, it's rich people who are profiting off the backs of others. Exactly. They love the changing their minds about how things are done. So uh, Charles Dickens probably realized what we immediately picked up on, was, which was that nobody was going to read that. Um, and he realized it would be better as a story. So then uh, he gets home to London and he wrote it in less than two months. So he yeah, was just six, on a six weeks. Six weeks. Which okay, you know what? It's yes, not very long. That, that for a masterpiece such as a Christmas Carol, yes, that is not a lot of time. But I know how the process of formulating a story goes in your head, and it's a pretty simple formula, right? Guy is bad, shows up with some. There's some. There's three guys that are gonna change his mind. He changes his mind. Sorry, spoiler alert. If you didn't know this, the end to Christmas Carol by this time. Almost 200 years later. Yeah. How did you get through elementary school? So everybody, like everybody always was like, he wrote it in six weeks. Can you believe it? I listened to it. It's, it's a three and a half hour story, right? That's not that long. Like that's a short book. It's barely a novel, right? So like, I think it's technically a novella, right? So because it's shorter than 50,000 words. So I don't know. Like, yes, a masterpiece done in six weeks. Sure. It's a big deal. But if you look at most people who have written masterpieces, they write them in frenzies very quickly, usually in the heat of inspiration. So it's not that un unnormal, un- <laughs> unnormal, unusual, orthodox. Yes. Thank you. I think um, the more interesting part to me about that is that like. Yeah, usually you can write something in like a frenzied burst of inspiration. Yeah. But then it usually, you know, you put it away, you search for someone to publish it, you go back and edit it a few times. Yeah. Uh, this one, he got published that same He season. made demands while yeah. getting it published. So before we get to like the publishing of it and the reception and everything, um, do we want to go over the, the like plot briefly? Because I think this was my first time actually reading it. Like Me I too. always knew in Me my too. head what the story was. Um, but I don't think I'd ever actually read it before. Yeah, I had been in a, I'd been in a stage performance of it. I was choir kid number four because they Aww. needed to mix me in with everybody else. I was one of the dancers in one of the dance scenes. So this wow. guy right here. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be calling your mom later, asking yeah. if she has video of that. I'm sure she does. She was <laughs> so happy to see me in that thing. We'll put it on our Patreon once we start. If we that. can find it, I'm down for that. Um. But uh, yeah, I and then I'd watch like I've watched like every version of it from the 25 minute cartoon that they did, <laughs> which I'm like, how? How do you do this in 25 minutes? And they did it, man. They did it fast <laughs> uh, to uh, the, the like the old school, like taking it all seriously to uh, the Jim Carrey version to the Muppet Christmas Carol, which is the greatest version ever. Wow. So you have viewed this in a lot of different yeah. forms. Yeah. You're kind of an expert. Kind of the expert. So, uh, Ty Ty, the Christmas Carol guy. <gasps> there it is. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about the, the plot. Beginning with, what the hell is a stave? Uh, I never found out what a stave was, <laughs> but obviously it has to do with, like, like stages or acts or yeah, something. Yeah, I just right? substituted it for acts in my mind. Yeah, yeah. We, there are certain times where you're reading these older books and you're just like, oh, this word does, it's not a real word. This is what they <laughs> meant. Um, so I, I don't know what stave technically means, but for this case, we're going to say act. That's a good one, right? There's yeah. five acts to this. Yeah, which 
by itself was kind of disrupting the normal structure because you typically have a three-act three play, and it's very reminiscent of like his theater background to present it in act form. Sure. Um, but yeah, so he's got the five acts. Yeah. The introduction, three different kind of plot points in the middle, and then the conclusion. Yeah, it's like I said earlier, it's a really simple story. It's There's nothing crazy convoluted. Even when you're reading it for the first time, you're like, oh yeah, it's obviously very simple. And the things that I've seen some movies do, they make it more convoluted <laughs> just because they're like, this isn't this isn't dramatic enough. It's like, oh yeah, a man changing his entire outlook on life and his heart and his ability to save people's lives. That's not dramatic enough. <laughs> I I'm really there is last year it came out with uh Guy Pierce, I think is his name. Uh the guy that he's been in a lot of stuff. He's an actor who's been he was in the time machine. Just yeah. the time machine? Yeah, it's called the time machine. Uh he was in a King's the King's speech. He was the other brother that gave up his throne to go be with a girl. Oh, okay. I think it's Guy Pierce. Um <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong. Um he plays Scrooge and they do a lot of weird shit with it. It was for FX. Yeah, and they did like a four part, three or four part uh miniseries. And they like How do you turn that into a miniseries? It's not long they, enough. They made it longer, but then at the end it felt really rushed. And then even then at the end it was very much not like a Christmas carol. It was more like maybe there will be more next year. Huh? Why? 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 And they took some uh, some extreme liberties with stuff like that. Um, that Did Ebenezer went to the school that he went to, uh, and he and the deal was made from his father to the schoolmaster that the schoolmaster basically gets to rape Ebenezer, while all the kids go back for the holidays. Ebenezer has to stay behind, and and get raped by the schoolmaster. That was a plot point that they made. Uh, and then there was another one that um, Bob Cratchit's wife, um, she wanted to help the family. So she went to Scrooge for help behind Bob's back. And Scrooge wanted to see how far she would go. So he made her come to his home and undress in front of him like she's going to you know, do some stuff for him. And then he's like, here's your money. You're obviously willing to go as far as you know anyone is. And so you're a whore. Put on your clothes, go back home, and if you ever, if Bob ever quits, I'll tell him that you basically were ready to do this or some shit like that. So, like, it was just like, holy shit, you guys are like, you guys are really digging the liberties on this Oh my, <laughs> this and story. like, ruining a Christmas classic. Yeah, I'm listening to the story and I'm like, I was worried that there was going to be some of that. And, like, my whole life, I had just been sheltered from it because I'm just watching, like, the PG versions of The Christmas Carol. You're like, holy crap, so what like, if the FX version yeah. is the real version? Well, and then they did some stuff that's in the book that I've never seen in any of the movies. So I was like, oh, my God, are is it really like that? Oh, my God, is it really like that? And then they did. it's not. And I was like, fuck FX. This is stupid. You guys are just pushing things just because you got nothing else to do. I feel like we've ranted about this so many times, but just like all of those, like HBO, Netflix even to some degree, all taking so many liberties with things. It's like, we got this cool story. What can we do to make it better? Oh, naked people and like excessive violence. (laughs) Yeah, sex and death. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, we were talking about the plot points of Christmas Carol. Yeah. 
the, the basics are Scrooge is a dick, um, and he is a dick. Like, there's no like redeeming quality about him. He's full up hard dick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Nobody likes it. Not even Nobody. his own family. Yeah. He's he's not one of those rich people who's like nice to his equals, quote unquote, and right. a dick to everybody else. No, he's just terrible. He's terrible. Uh, he threatens his uh, nephew, saying that he's not going to get his inheritance if he keeps being nice to him. That's a conversation that happens. <laughs> Stop being nice to me, or else you're not going to get your inheritance. Um, So then he goes home Sees his dead uh, Business partner um, Which they make very clear That he is dead For like three freaking pages (laughs) Uh, And then And the dude's like Hey man You're gonna go to hell And there's chains And it's not fun And there's only one way To save your soul And that's for these spirits To come visit you Uh, And he's like Alright I guess I don't like it, but can we just do it all at once? Can we just get it all, all three of them, and we'll have a party. Uh, Bob Marley's not a fan of that, so he just takes off. <laughs> Jacob Marley? Bob Marley. <laughs> Bob Marley. Jacob Bob, Jake Bob Marley. <laughs> he was visited He's, by the ghost of Bob Marley. Hey, <laughs> I'm not going to do a party. I can't do that shit. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> good old Bob Marley. Good old Jacob Marley. Takes off, um, and then, and then we get our our stave number two. Stave number two. So Scrooge basically like goes to sleep after seeing his dead former business partner. Yeah, which how? Yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> that's the main question. But okay, that aside, he falls asleep and wakes up just as like the first ghost, the ghost of Christmas past, is arriving, and it's like described as this weird like changing figure with like a child's voice yeah it's weird i don't i don't know that i've seen like any of the movies really but did they how did they depict that in the fx one like just like light or something i feel like i'm getting characters mixed up so give me a second so that i can make sure um wow first thing first thing that comes up i type in fx and a christmas carol is the first one it's the first one dang it's played by Andy Circus, the Christmas past. Who's that? Um, Smeagol. Oh, Andy Circus. For some reason, I heard Annie. Bob Circus. <laughs> okay, that seems appropriate. Actually, uh, he plays he plays like a like a Jesus looking figure um, with white hair, big white beard. Basically, combine Jesus and Gandalf together. Oh, that's actually not how Dickens described it at all. So right, well, the, strike two for again, FX. There's there's this whole thing where like he's taking um, he's taking Christmas. They're they're in this like big forest full of Christmas trees, and he's like dragging them into this fire and they're like represent representing Scrooge's memories and he's basically like throwing Scrooge's memories in a fire and like getting rid of them or some shit he's basically like you're going to you're going to be dead soon so we're getting rid of all of this stuff and like the they it toys the line a lot harder of like a an uncaring spirit like he's here to do the job because he has to not because he wants to um, and he really hates Scrooge a lot. So 100% different. Yeah. 100%. I feel like the spirits in the actual story were not 
they were kind of like middle of the road. Like they don't really care one way or another. They're just here to guide him. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in uh, Dante's Inferno. They're like, yeah, the, the guide they are, through they his just life. Exist. Yeah. So in the, sec- in the part with Christmas past, the spirit um, takes him back in time to his childhood home. Um, this boarding school he was at. Um, he sees his sister, who apparently was the only family member he was ever close with. Um, and then I think at the end, he sees his fiance Belle, uh, who eventually left him when she realized money was his only true love. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of just seeing the greatest hits or uh, greatest sorrows of his life. Yeah, see, I'm I'm still I'm having a hard time because I'm also I'm looking for the the ghost of Christmas present, and if I can remember right, it's they take one small thing and they just go so far with it. It's so crazy. They just mess it up. Yeah. So, uh, Ghost of Christmas Present is stave for Act Three. Yeah. Um, and that one is like a giant in the story. Which yeah. I don't know what the symbolism of it being a giant is. Like I kind of get the child one from they, Christmas they, past. Yeah, they almost took the present and moved it to the past in the FX version. So the the present is the a uh, much more um, Jesusy figure in the story. To me, at least, I'm a Christian. That's what I do. Um, we made Neo into Jesus as well. So <laughs> bear with me. Um, <clears throat> we so the 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 present character is uh, very much reminiscent of like the joy that comes on the day of and he goes around spreading joy to those and and like you see uh, several scenes where like people are fighting over something and then he goes by and and kind of touches them or something and then they're just like you know what what's the point of fighting this is christmas and it's it's that spirit of of unity and joy and and i think that there's the symbolism of you know this is the day that christ was born and so you get certain certain imagery through that and then the the giant is is always present always looming but able to be contained within smaller spaces and i think that's uh an imagery a symbolism of basically like you know it doesn't matter where you go the spirit's always there and it's always the largest thing in the room whether you're outside or inside and and you can you can take it with you wherever you want and and go and be where you want it's a very it's it's a it's an ingenious sort of um metaphor because it is so flexible and malleable into what you need it to be um and you know there it's it's he's written very specifically to be (coughs) um jolly Mm -hmm. uh santa clausy and um you know when when Ebenezer asks, you know, how many brothers and sisters do you have? Because he's like, oh, I come from a line of brothers and sisters. He says uh, over 1,800 of them. So, you know, so the, the idea is every year a new one is born. And, and specifically, it started when Jesus was born. That that sort of idea. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't pick up on that. Well, I'm a Christian, so I did. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Uh, but then there is a turning point, a very hard turning point with the Ghost of Christmas Present, and that's when he shows Ebenezer the two children. Do you, do you remember that scene at all? Separate from the Cratchit <coughs> families? Yeah, definitely separate from the Cratchit families. There were a boy and a girl, yellow, uh, mirage, mirage, ragged, scowling, wolfish, but prostrate, too, in their humility. Where graceful youths should have been filled, should have filled out their features and touched them with its freshest tints 
A stale and shriveled hand like that of age had pinched and twisted them and pulled them into shreds. Where angels might have sat a throned devils lurked and glared out menacingly. No change, no degradation, no per- prevention of hum- perversion of humanity. Man, I got to get better at reading <laughs> Dickens out loud. I didn't ever do it before. In any grade, though all mysteries of wonderful creation has monsters half so horrible and dead. And he asks, um, are they yours? And he says, they are uh, man's. And they cling to me, appealing from their fathers. This boy is ignorance. This girl is want. Beware of them both. Like he, like this is, he's gleeful the entire time and he's showing happy, happy times. And then out of nowhere, he brings this, this lesson in. And I think that that's exactly, I mean, for me, at least that's exactly the point of Christmas is, you know, it's a, it's a realization that these are, there is a darkness in, in the world and that there is a place to be joyful, but while still being aware of the dark that is around. And some, I've read some stuff where like this was Dickens straight up telling all of England at this time, like, look, if you guys don't stop doing this shit, we're going to have a freaking revolution like France had because people are hungry. They are ready to attack. There's a revolution coming. They are children now, but when they grow, it's going to take over and they will destroy us. Like, just that one little thing there's so much context in it that now we read it and we're just like oh that's a weird serious note but for the people of england that was a serious warning uh, on dickens part at least yeah and it's been said a lot that dickens did have like a lot of revolutionary ideas but he was very anti like being a revolutionary he thought that was kind of dangerous sure and wasn't going to get the kind of change that people thought it might yeah um so you see him like sneaking it in there kind of like this and i think this is probably one of the most luxury examples from it like sure he didn't want to write that pamphlet but you kind of get him preaching that through his his character yeah <laughs> like okay here's the lecture i wanted to give y'all and i i genuinely love i've always loved it but even now like as i'm getting older um the part when he first when the spirit first shows up and um and it says you know um uh in there sat a jolly giant glorious to see who bore a glowing torch in shape not unlike plenty's horn and held it up high up to shed its light on scrooge as he came peeping around the corner come in exclaimed the ghost come in and know me better man Right. Like, I just love that line so much. And I, I don't know. I don't know why I like it. I just I just can't wait to be an old guy and do that. Like and like people come to my home and like, come in and know me better. Let's have food together. You know, like I just want to be that joyous and jolly. I, I genuinely have always loved that line. I've thought about getting it tattooed because I just it's such a good way of looking at the world. Just come in and, and know me better and like. You can look at that as Jesus if you want. Yeah, I do. But also just in general, like the idea of inviting someone in so you can share your life with them and they can share your their life with you and just getting to know each other through food and feast and gathering around and, and just hanging out. It's just, it's so uplifting. I love it so much. That should be on like a doormat or something for outside your house. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, if I could get that, I would put it in front of my house so fast. Yeah. 
Um, and I mean, that whole inviting someone in to, to know people better ties nicely in with the theme of Stave 3, because mm-hmm. um, he's taking him around to see all the different people, um, including the Cratchit family, which I think is one of the scenes that moved Scrooge the most. Because mm-hmm. um, in in the Ghost of Christmas Past, he's still like kind of cold and bitter and stuff because it was unhappy times. But in this one, he's like seeing the family of his employee, um, Tiny Tim, yeah. the disabled son. Um, and he's just like, wow, they have so little, but they're so happy yeah. and so loving. Um, and then he also, uh, the ghost takes Scrooge to his nephew's um, Christmas party. Yeah. And he hears them all making fun of him because but he's, he's he- terrible. And they're all like mocking the nephew's uncle Scrooge and, uh, you know, yeah. character caricaturing him and stuff like that. But even then he still likes it. Like he still yeah. likes the game of it. Like even when they reveal, he's like, oh, I'd still stick around. But the spirit's <laughs> like, no, we got to go. This is supposed to piss you off. Like, yeah, we're on a timeline here. <laughs> so then uh, we get to the ghost of Christmas yet to come or mm-hmm. the ghost of Christmas future. Um, and in this one, it was one of those things where I like couldn't believe how long it took Scrooge to catch on. Right. Because the whole time. I remember that too. There's like, he's observing these people who are talking about like a dude who recently died. They're talking mad shit about him. What a terrible person he was. Um, some people who uh, he had loaned them money or something, or they owed him money. They were like, oh, thank God he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Terrible news. Yeah. And Scrooge is just like, oh my gosh, I wonder who they're talking about. And then the ghost takes him to a graveyard and points at the the tombstone or whatever. And he sees his name on it. And he's like, what? 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 (laughs) How how annoyed do you think the ghost was a whole time? He's like, come on. Most people get this like right away, dude. Seriously, you're not getting. And he's just like pointy. Like, I'm not even going to answer. Just look. Just Just read. Fucking look, man. Yeah. So at that po- point, he's like trying to figure out if there's a way to uh, save himself from this doom. He promises to renounce his insensitive, greedy ways. Um, and then he finds himself back in bed. And there it is. And there it is. And then we hit stave five, um, which I kind of like the structure in this sense is that you could have like easily ended with him waking up in bed and then wondered what is he going to do? Is he going to be a better is person? Gonna, yeah, nowadays that's how they would leave yeah, it, right? Because it's a cool ending. they wrap it up in a, a more like heartwarming Christmas fashion, I guess. Um, when he wakes up, he's overwhelmed with joy by the fact that he just got a second chance, basically. Um, and he rushes out to share his new Christmas spirit with the world. Uh, he sends a giant anonymous Christmas turkey to the Cratchit family. Yeah, that's something that like... I, in the book, they like he just sends it. Yeah. And every single thing I've ever seen, he always goes over there, right? And he's always like, "Oh, here's oh, the yeah. turkey." Oh yeah, like he or, brings it. Yeah, no, he then, sends it anonymously in the yeah. book. Uh, and then the next day is when he confronts Cratchit. Yeah, and he like gives him a raise or something because yeah. one of the things that he discovered from the ghost was he asked about Tiny Tim, like, "Is he going to be okay?" And the ghost was yeah. like, "Nah, he's going to be dead nah, by next he winter." Dead, bro. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so he's like, "Holy shit, I have to save Tiny Tim." Yeah. Um. So yeah, he he kind of does right by the Cratchit family, and he also um goes to his nephew Fred's party. <laughs> yeah. So that's. Uh, I don't know which rendition it is. I feel like it's the Muppets Christmas Carol, but. There's one rendition where he shows up and answers the question, and everyone's like, how the fuck did he know that? <laughs> and it's because he's a cheater, and he used the <laughs> spirits as a form of, of 
fortune telling. Mm. So he's a witch, and we need to burn him. Burn him. <laughs> that would be an alternate <laughs> ending. Yeah, like he, he's all happy and stuff, and they're like, how did you become so happy? He's like, the spirits have spoken to me. Witch! Or they throw him in an asylum because he's crazy he's or something. Yeah. yeah, we liked Ooh. him We liked him better when he was mean. That's going to be my remake of A Christmas Carol. <laughs> That's how the FX is going to do season two. <laughs> but no, in the real version, it is a happily ever after. He treats everyone with kindness and generosity until the end of his days uh, and is like a second father to Tiny Tim. Mm -hmm. he, he does all of this and infinitely more is what the book says. And I infinitely love more. So, yeah. So this was the story that Charles Dickens put together in six weeks. Um, and so there was a it's lot of weird a stuff. almost a week. Almost a stave a week. There was a lot of weird stuff going on with um, his publishers at that time. Um I guess his most recent novel had not done very well in serialization. It mm -hmm. lost readers each issue. Um, so his publishers, who were uh, Chapman and Hall, they were they were like kind of wary of his future projects, and they weren't into the then strange idea for a Christmas story. Like, um, we don't want to put you our money to, into this. What? You want to write a story about Christmas? About Christmas? <laughs> yeah. So um, they refused to pay the full cost of publishing it, so Dickens had to pay... A lot himself and he wasn't doing well financially at the time his bank account was apparently overdrawn um, so he was taking a big gamble on this yeah kind of like his dad but overdrawing the bank accounts a lot oh he became his dad he became his father um but it paid off for him uh he was mad at how little chapman and hall were doing to publicize the story but it didn't matter um it was an instant and overwhelming success they published 6,000 copies on December 19th, and by Christmas Eve, his publishers wrote him saying that they were going to have to do a reprint. Yeah. Yeah, man. Could you imagine how much those first editions are worth? Oh, my God. Like, how many do you think are left, probably? I don't know. I mean, yeah, obviously some deteriorated, but, like, man, that... That book, though, like, A Christmas Carol first edition with the Thomas... Le Is it Thomas Leach? Uh, uh, something leech uh, art. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like that's that's got to be worth millions, right? Like that that of all the books in the world, that would be worth a lot. It's probably there's probably a copy sitting in some Ebenezer Scrooge's uh, I've, collection I've got one right, of them now. right now in my hands. I just picked it up at the local Kiwanis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's got pictures in it. Oh, they're so pretty. They actually they actually are really. Uh, so are those the original illustrations, or are I they... believe they are. Oh, cool. Um, it looks, it looks like them at the very least. If you haven't had a chance to open up an actual um, Christmas Carol book and look at the art inside of it, like that was half of the cost of the book. Like he cost, he paid for the pr publishing and he paid for the the art. Yeah. Um. So. It, it's worth it. Like, it, it makes the book that much better. And it helps if you're going to, like, read this to your family. It's a cool thing that they can look at. Well, and I read that that's part of the reason he called it a Christmas carol instead of, like, a story was because he wanted to evoke that sense of, like, this is a story that you're going to share verbally. Yeah. Uh, and pass it down that way. Yeah. Could you imagine? Like, seriously, I'm not asking, like, can you imagine? But can you imagine... A point in your life where, like, you and your kids or grandkids or whoever, you all sit down for a three-hour period to listen to someone read this? I know it sounds... I'm, I'm trying so hard not to sound 
sarcastic. It's a real question. <laughs> Probably not in one sitting. Yeah. I can imagine doing it like the Five. week of Christmas each, or something. Each stave is yeah. one night before Christmas or something. Or like I'd probably read it to my kids or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's doable. I think I could do that. Yeah, Obviously, it's a bit long everybody's, everybody's heard me read Charles Dickens. I'm quite the natural, <laughs> so. Well, you know, you just got to practice before that. It's true. Next year, when I read the whole book for one podcast episode, I'm going to be ready. Oh. Should, I, oh, maybe we should just next year do five nights of five episodes of, of uh, dramatic readings of Tyler being dramatic. Tyler, you know what? It might be I. I like. I, <laughs> I, I, I can't remember the version I listened to. I listened to it on Spotify or something. Oh, did you? Um, and I liked it, except it was just a tad over dramatic for me. Mm. Like the part where they were having the Christmas party and all the like the nephew and all his friends were laughing. They just got way into the laughing, and I was did like, they? "Y'all are being hysterical." Did they do like an audio drama? Yes. Oh, they okay. Did. So like it was kind of cool, but parts like that, I was just like, "Oh my god!" Fast forward. See, I I got the free uh, free version from Libro. FM. Hit us up, Libro. We'll be happy to, you know, have you sponsor us. Um, but or just give us free books. Or give us free books. It helps us so much. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, they Libro.fm, they're like Audible, but they're better because they're a smaller company and they help uh, local bookstores and stuff. Again, not an ad. Um, but they have they have a free version of it, so you can listen to it. And it's read really well. Like nice. it, was, it was a really well done audio book. Nice. Yeah. So um, before we move on, do you have any final thoughts about like why this story has been so enduring? Like why it still makes sense now to read at the holidays? Uh, I think I've touched on it a couple different ways. Um, a lot of the characters are very flexible and then some of the characters are very um, archetypal, right? So they're, they are what they are. Scrooge is the archetype of a dynamic character it, he changes throughout the book he's <clears throat> you you have this hard character first hit against him is seeing his old friend and scaring the shit out of him and then the second hit is seeing himself as a child and realizing and then seeing himself growing up and realizing how much he changed he went from being just a, a kid who loved family and wanted to be with his family to being a workhorse and losing family because of it um and i think that hits him and then you have the second there the third stave and the second ghost where he sees there are despite his his resiliently like dumb view of christmas everybody else still enjoys it like they they don't give a shit about his opinion right and in fact they celebrate him despite himself and, and that's another hit against him, this this joy that is unconditional, right? And and then the third one where, you know, he gets hit hard of like, look, man, it, you're going to you're going to die. Everyone's going to die and, and, and you're going to get there and then you're fucked. Right. And and that, you know, and throughout that process, you see change in him. He weeps when he sees himself as a boy. He laughs with his nephew, despite saying how much he hates the idea of hanging out with his nephew. And uh, he mourns himself despite never wanting to ever leave, you know, any trace of himself on this earth. And uh, and and so we see that change and then that change is good and and he goes off and it's not some half-ass change it is full change and that's what 
I think every good story is about is, is a changed person. And that's why it's endearing to all of us. And it's that constant reminder of, of what is the point of Christmas? As a Christian, we all say, it's Jesus. Um, uh, as other people, it's food. It's gathering together. It's Christmas lights. It's snow. It's whatever it is. Um, and I think that a Christmas carol helps us realign with that because it goes, it's all of this and more. It's, it's something undefinable. It's something pure that touches the heart of every person, whether you want to believe in the spirit of it or not, it's there. And, um, and when you open up your heart to it, you can, you, you will change and you can change the world with it. Um, and I, and that hits me really hard this year. Um, you know, even going into 2020, I, I've, I've never been a big fan of Christmas because my parents are divorced and Christmas just became a battleground. And then I got married and we threw two more families into that mix. <laughs> um, and I don't like it. I don't like the logistics of it. I don't like any, I love giving gifts. Um, I love getting gifts. Um, and it's great, but I don't like Christmas itself because it's been watered down and I just have to deal with it. Um, and then 2020 hit, you know, and, and I'm secluded from people. I don't get to see people. Um, and this year, you know, my wife and I are, are looking at the process possibility of just, just, just not doing anything, just sitting around on Christmas, watching critical role fables of refuge and just playing D and D by ourselves. <laughs> Uh, legitimately, that is uh, our current go-to plan because I don't get days off very often. Even my days off, I'm working my ass off. So Christmas might just be a day where I chill and I just enjoy being with my wife and realign. So like, I'm into that. There's there's so much that you can gather from it, and a Christmas carol resonates with us because it helps us realign. Um, and and I think that with uh, with back in the day it was really it was oddly similar to where we're at now back when this book came out people didn't they didn't have the same festivities of christmas that we look back at and see from the late 1800s through probably the 2000s you know 2010 probably is where i started to see like some decline in the festivities of christmas and people just saw it as a way to get a get a couple days extra off of work and they you know because it was the industrial revolution and based pe people were basically slaves um and so that was nice for them but there wasn't much more to it um and this book kind of reached out grabbed him by the heart and said no there's more to it you don't you don't even see how much there is to it and then it opened up and then things like the christmas tree happened and christmas cookies gift cards that are not gift cards but christmas, christmas cards. cards uh <laughs> gift cards <laughs> it was a gift card to the local baker go get like, yourself a turkey what am i supposed to do with I this don't, i don't know why 19 or 1800s london is a 20s guy um <laughs> but yeah so so that's why it hits me and i think that's why it hit them so much is because it it really changed the way that they saw christmas and through that we saw the invention of fucking santa claus and coca-cola you know we saw the, <laughs> thanks charles yeah we saw the invention of um the the christmas tree ornaments and and bobs and bingles and blah 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 yeah because we figured out you shouldn't put candles on a tree at some point i mean we had we had to do it the wrong way to get to the right <laughs> way at some point right 
So that's my that's my sermon on it. How about you? That what, was a great sermon. I'm not gonna spoil it by. Uh, what putting... is so? What is what is Christmas to you then? Like, does do you do you agree with Dickens in Christmas Carol? I mean, I've always liked Christmas for the family aspects and for the like food, obviously, for mm-hmm. the Christmas cookies. Yeah. Thank you to whoever invented those in Still haven't found. 1800s England. I, I, cannot, <laughs> I cannot find Christmas cookie inventions. Oh, they're the real MVP. Uh, but yeah, I, I've always liked Christmas and it's easy for me because my parents are married, so didn't have to, you know, go through the drama of, oh, whose house am I going to be at for Christmas this year? Yeah. Or, you know, who's fighting with who? So that's always been nice. Although, you know, this year... Uh, it's going to be the first year my sister's not there for Christmas. What? Because we're both growing up and uh, going our our own routes at the holidays. So uh, that's going to be different this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Charles Dickens used a lot of themes that have endured uh, throughout the, the centuries, really. I mean, he's got greed, family, love, um, change. And I think one of the things about this story that I really like is that he could have made it like he could have had a typical protagonist but instead he used a villain Mm. as the way to tell this story he was like even this person who seems horrible and like he has no redeeming qualities like there's a reason for that and he's giving people sympathy for who he's using to kind of represent the worst parts of England during the industrial revolution and this time afterwards Um, and he's saying you know what it's not too late for him it's not too late for us yeah so, I think he hit it out of the uh, ballpark. I don't even know if baseball was around back then, but home run, Charles Dickens. I think it was starting around that time. 1870s in maybe, America. Uh, maybe cricket. Cricket. Polo. No. No, cricket. <laughs> Insert. Uh, We're American. All right? Well, he's not. Yeah, but we are. So we don't care about cricket. It doesn't matter. I Sorry honestly, to all of our... I don't know what cricket is. I think of it as a grasshopper type bug. So that's all I've got. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> folks. Grass, grasshopper bug sport is what they play in England. They don't care about baseball. They're riding jumping crickets around. <laughs> all right. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's our wrap up on on Charles Dickens. Christmas Carol. Uh, it was fun. It was fun to get to know him a little bit more. Um, very conflicted about how I feel about him. Uh, well, I like this Christmas ghost story a lot better than any of Mr. James's Christmas ghost stories. So. I can agree with that. Just uh, got to get that James dig in. Yeah, absolutely, we do. <laughs> I mean, we're a couple of hips, woke hipsters who can't stand uh, to see someone who has different views than us, or who just writes really shitty Christmas yeah. stories. Uh, so Hannah and I, we've, we've gotten each other some gifts, so we're going to do that exchange, um, and, uh, and talk about it and describe everything that we're seeing. Yes, we will narrate is, to the best of our ability. I am now peeling off the tape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go get my, my stuff. I'll grab mine. All right. And we're back. And I have to talk about the wrapping paper 
I don't know how Tyler did this, but he has our Between Lewis and Lovecraft logo all over this wrapping paper. Do you want to take a couple pictures of it before you destroy it? Yes. Yeah. Before I... We'll have to share it on our Instagrams. I'm wrapping all of my er, presents in this next year. Yeah? <laughs> so people are just listening to lo-fi right now while you take pictures of, of They're Instagram. listening to ASMR yeah. um, wrapping paper picture taking. You got your photos? I got you, my photos. You got your grandma. So am I photos? opening mine first or are you We're, opening First it? you're going to open that one. The one that's not wrapped in wrapping paper. You got me so many things. I got you some things. I got you some oh, wrapping paper. <laughs> yeah, I did. Whoa. How did you know I would want some between... Lewis and Lovecraft that's, wrapping yeah, that's paper. It. That's all there is. What? I don't know what that oh, is. Oh, Zazzle? Oh, that's the receipt. Don't look at that. That's pretty <laughs> sick. Uh, yeah, so I got I got a couple of rolls. It does not go far. Um, I did your two gifts, and then I did uh, another gift that we sent to uh, the cast of Fables of Refuge. Nice! And that's it. That's all I got <laughs> out of it. So, um, you'll, you guys will probably see pictures of, of all of this stuff. Um, so yeah, so uh, do you care which one I open first? Yeah, uh, do do that that one. Do I'm pointing one? to her right hand. Um, <laughs> yeah, we gotta explain it all. Okay. Um, just because you know, you might already know what it is. Wow, this is gonna be so ASMR. -y. <laughs> Everybody, just listen to this. Also, oh. Hannah opening gifts is awful. She is. I really didn't want to ruin the paper, but I'm. Oh, just is that what you're doing? You're, yeah. you're preserving the paper. I was trying to preserve the paper. Um, you have a whole roll of it. I don't think that's gonna. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know why. When I was a kid, we always like tried to save so much of the wrapping stuff. Really? Yeah. That's not my. Or at, at least keep it like neat. Now the oh, bubble tape. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow, this is very bubble wrapped, but I can see what it is, and I'm. Huh? So excited! Yeah. Between Lewis and Lovecraft mugs. We got some mugs, y'all. It's so pretty. So now we have thermoses and we have mugs. Uh, we have stickers. Uh, I think we're slowly putting together enough products that we could possibly look at uh, doing a, a little uh, a merch, a little store. Lovecraft merch store. I am gonna hold out for the Between Lewis and Lovecraft spork, actually. The spork? Yeah. Oh, is that something I gotta do yeah, now? Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> no, this is amazing. <laughs> it looks so good. Yeah, um, I, I decided to go with that black inside just because I thought it kind of gives it a good accent. It does. It's way design. cooler than just like a plain white mug. Right. Um, and so. our logo looks live. Yeah, so this is our alternate logo. This is not our, like our this is not the thumbnail that you guys see on the podcast. It's like a, a little bit more graphic designy that I did. I, I like to play with stuff. So, nice. um, yeah. Sweet. All right. Oh gosh, so now that killing one. It. Yeah. This one, you should be able to keep the paper if you need to. It's a pretty simple <laughs> wrap. You're it's, very good at wrapping, by the way. I am not. You have no idea how much effort I put into it <laughs> because I'm not good at wrapping. Oh. This, we've got some sort of photo envelope. I figure, you know, oh you need to start God. taking some notes and things and oh. handwritten notes are always good. Tyler, he got me a little Lovecraft uh, notebook, yep. which is 
the coolest thing I've ever seen. If you guys have seen our sweatshirts, um, Tyler's wearing it right now. I'm yeah. not wearing mine at the moment. It's the um, Lovecraft on a tricycle, <laughs> and the speech bubble is saying, "Have you seen my Grandpa Whipple? Have you seen my Grandpa, grandpa Whipple? Whipple? Grandpa Whipple." <laughs> this is uh, if you guys want to hear that joke fresh, you can go to our probably our like third episode, right? Yeah, I think it was our third. Yeah, the first Lovecraft episode that we did, um, where I just kind of went off uh, <laughs> on a tangent about. His grandpa Whipple, and it was fun, and I've made sure it's a joke oh ever since. Oh my gosh. Uh, so yeah, so there's there's your uh, notebook. Best. For taking notes. Presents ever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I liked those. Um, obviously, I got myself a mug, so <laughs> I liked yours enough. <laughs> I, that's the mark of a good present, is when you have to buy yourself the same one, yeah. too. You're like, I can't just give this away. Like, I gotta have one. While I was on the site where I was getting all these, um, I saw you can get um like like yoga pants um and i was i was close to getting you yoga pants with our logos and sh- shit all over it I but then gonna i was gonna with, uh, lovecraft I almost, I yeah. like, oh my God. but then i was like i'd have to ask you for your size and i don't want to do that that's weird it's a weird thing to ask someone on top of like obviously you would now know <laughs> what i'm what getting you're getting you're like why is tyler getting me yeah. yoga pants so i decided to get my wife the yoga pants <laughs> Uh, and instead of our stuff, I got her pictures of our cats. Oh my God. And then one picture of my face. And it's just randomly like, <laughs> it's this collage of like cats and my face all like on these pants. And they're, they're pretty good. Oh my gosh. They're, they're, uh, I got her for it cause she's, we got a, we got a couple of kettlebells and a, and a, um, like a stationary bike. And she's really been trying to trying to work out and so i was like well this is perfect this is this is the the pants that you can do that in while remembering us (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you're very good at presents uh i try very hard to do do gifts i'm i'm a fan of gift giving it's it's probably my favorite thing well these are excellent yeah i cannot wait to write notes for our future episodes in this while sipping out of my Between Lewis and Lovecraft yeah. mug. You're going to have to take this to work. People are like, man, you, what is this? Well, I don't go to going? work anymore, Tyler. Oh, that's it's, right. it's the time of COVID. The Zoom, when you do your Zoom calls. Yeah, just like casually hold this up in front of my oh, face. Oh, here, let me make a note real quick. <laughs> I'll be like, what is that? Oh, this? Oh, it's just a little thing I got. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. All right, so uh, I already know what this is. <laughs> you already know what it is? Yeah. Because you've talked about how uh, you've needed to get me this for a well, while Well, okay. Now. Yeah. Unless it's not this. Oh, I don't... It might be that plus something. Ooh, plus. I like pluses. Pluses. All right. Well, I see. Uh, I got you a, a fancy writer's pen. A writer's pen? Yeah, it's a fountain pen. Uli. Ooh. Lee. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you have to turn the ink around. So when they sell it, um, it's not like preloaded because they don't want it to drip all over the place. Oh, okay, okay. So I'll, we'll play with this off, off, offline. But I yeah, I don't have anything. I want to, I want to play with it so bad. <laughs> I, I will play. I with know this. you gave me the notebook though. So. I did. Yeah, I need to sign your notebook. That's yes, what needs to happen. that's yeah. the first thing you'll do with yeah, your fountain with pen. With my super ooly fountain pen. This is cool. Where'd you get this? Uh, the book nook actually. Really? Yeah. All right, book nook down the road. We need to put them in. In our thing. One hundred percent. We need to put that. Um, all right. That's see. Look how good that looks on my book now. Right. Like it looks like the pen that he wrote the Christmas Carol. See, with. yeah. Yeah. 
You need the, the tools of the trade. Do I need to read this card before? You can read the card afterwards. Not on mic? You well, don't. you can read it on mic too. It's, did you make it? Yeah. Because you make cards. Like, I know that that's a thing that you do. Uh, so this is cool. I like, did you, is it like a stamp or did you like? Oh, uh, I watercolored it. It looks good. It's a Christmas tree with a little bit of holly on top. It's nice. Oh, this is a long note. It is a long note. Do you note. want me to read it on air? Because I'm happy to. I don't care. But you heard how I read Charles Dickens, <laughs> and you're much harder to read than Charles. <laughs> Whoa! Not, not in like worse, in that you're much better, higher. You know what? I'm just gonna read that it. That is not I'm true. I'm digging <laughs> myself into my own grave, like, like Scrooge did. Tyler. Even though I barely knew you at the time, I'm so glad that I agreed to start a podcast with you. Oh, that's nice. I felt the same way about myself. I didn't realize until later that's how you make all your new friends. That is 100% true. I've it's, seen you do it so many times now. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, this is me all over again. Yeah, it is. Uh, Between Lewis and Lovecraft has been so much fun, and I couldn't ask for a better co-host. Here's to many more rants about douchey authors, debates over the sexual orientation of people who died hundreds of years ago, and religious tangents in 2021. Merry Christmas, Hannah. Oh, <laughs> I really appreciate that. Especially where, yeah, the we're going to definitely argue about sexual orientation. <laughs> I don't know. Even when I totally don't see that, yeah. you somehow come out of left field and you're like, but did you know about the gay rumors? It's like, the what? gay rumors. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is. It is it. Yeah, I'm so excited. Woohoo. Ooh. That's cool. So, All right. if you don't know who that is, turn it around and it might give you a hint. Oh, very well done. Did you make this? Yes. Hannah, this is so cool. Okay. All right, let me stop real quick. Hannah got me a bottle of Dead Rabbit, which is my favorite whiskey in the world. It's good stuff. If you haven't had it, go get Dead Rabbit. They're not a sponsor yet. Um, <laughs> Dead Rabbit, hit me up. Um, and then on it is a tree ornament, I'm guessing, or it's a necklace. Well, but you it's can a do very whatever you want with it. <laughs> but yes, meant to be an ornament. Uh, and it's got, it's on one side, it's got Frank Herbert. Um, I'm, I'm guessing... Uh, this is how he looks when he's rowing across the <laughs> the channel as a ten year old with a yes, full beard, full beard, and a scar over his eye, and, and a widow's I'm, peak. I'm gonna yeah. smoke my pipe as I go out to the other way. <laughs> uh, good old Frank Herbert. Um, and then on the other side is a very, uh, it's a very cool scene, like uh, Dune, uh, looking out into space with the red sand, the spice melange. It's uh, it's super cool. This is really awesome. It's uh, and it's all painted on a wood puck. Yes. Is that the way that I should describe this? Uh, it's a slice of tree. Slice of tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is very cool. I'm definitely gonna have to share this on the Instagram. I'm glad you like it. I was very nervous when I was trying to do it because I was like, I don't know if I can paint this old dude's face, but I'll just You're try. Really good at, I didn't know that you could paint this well. Like I know you did. You do some stuff here and there, but like. Portraits are hard. Like, people I, yeah. are hard. I was 10 out of 10 nervous. I was like, I hope I get this because I don't really have a backup idea. <laughs> like, you mess up the eyes so you put, like, some sunglasses on them or something. Like, this is cool, guy. I was showing it off after I made it, and, like, my parents and sister thought it was very cool, and then I showed it to my boyfriend, and he's like, is that Karl Marx? <laughs> like, no. Nope. Uh, yeah, I, I figured it was either Frank Herbert or possibly... Um, 
Mer- Melvin Her- Herman Melville. Herman, I do it every time. Herman Melville, uh, which I I get why you do Dune, Frank Herbert, because it's one of my favorite books. <laughs> but I was gonna be like, oh yeah, uh, Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> that was a book that I read. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's so cool. Oh, this is I like this a lot. <laughs> And uh, and I have to do the pen. I have to play with the pen like ASAP. Yes, so. we will open a page in the notebook and you can sign it for me. Yeah, give me the good author signature. Oh yeah, yeah, my T.W. Clausen signature. Yeah. Right. Well, it has been a year. It has been a year. It's been more than a year for us. I mean, we've been doing this nonstop for a year and a half at this point. Um, it's time to take a quick break. <laughs> <laughs> and not just a commercial sponsor break, yeah. just a break. Just a just a small break. Um, I have so many things going on, and I'm so excited. Uh, I don't even know if I want to announce it yet, um, but I, I do have another podcast that I've been working on for the last four months, um, and um, it's it's super fun. And I'm so excited about it and the group of people that have come together to help me with it. And it's just another stepping stone for me and experimenting and trying things. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to share with you guys. And just looking back on this last year too, just the growth that we've had in 2020, despite 2020, um, it's been insane. And Hannah, you're absolutely right. I make all my friends through podcasts. <laughs> yes, you do. And every single one of you that that have helped me or been a part of this process, I, I truly consider you a friend, and and I'm I hope that you uh, feel loved this this holiday season um, from me. Um, and if you ever need anything, you know how to reach me on on Instagram or on <laughs> on uh, on Gmail, Lewis and Lovecraft at Gmail um, I know that sounds like a plug, but it's it's honestly it's. <laughs> great place to reach me because i always have my phone with me um and you guys just mean so much to me i feel like a lot of shows they just they start amassing a following that becomes a faceless mass um but i i feel genuinely happy that i know majority of our listeners um i know them not just i know who they are and that they are my friends and and that's that's a huge thing for me um so yeah there's that. Do you want to do thank yous in an outro or do you want to? Yeah, let's just do thank yous real quick. I mean, yeah. as you said, um, we're lucky enough to know most of our listeners, uh, either personally or via the web. Yeah. Um, and that has led to us being able to do some cool side projects. Um, yeah. Well, I guess additional episodes this year. Uh, we introduced correspondents and had some amazing guests on. Yeah. Um, and one of the ones that we really wanted to shout out was Britt from Contrivance. Yeah. Uh, she's our biggest fan. She's listened to all of our episodes. All of them. Yeah. That's crazy. And I mean, both of us have been on her podcast with uh, Britt and Drew. I, I was just recently on their podcast. So if, if you are interested in listening to me do a tangent on somebody else's episode, <laughs> uh, somebody else's show, I legitimately do a tangent to the point where their editor Andy they have to actually do a montage of your greatest of our tangents <laughs> yeah it's probably one of the best things I've ever been a part of in my entire life oh my gosh so I highly 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 recommend you going checking out contrivance podcast um, and check out the latest episode that I was featured on um, 
it was it was a lot of fun to do and Britt has become one of my my best friends through podcasting and I'll kind of and she's a part of this other project that I'm doing um, she and I have been working so hard to try and find something that we can do together because we've had all these ideas we finally found it and it's it's been going great so I can't wait to share that with you guys um, also from contrivance is drew uh, drew is such an awesome person I think that if he lived even 500 miles closer we would just <laughs> we would we would get together as much as we could and we'd be uh, really good friends um, and he was the first person that I asked to be on correspondence uh, and the first person I recorded with and then he ended up being the last person that I released uh, in that first round of correspondence and we didn't we barely touched the topic at hand we were so all, all over the place and it was such a fun conversation that is shocking to me I know you barely right? stayed on topic it's kind of <laughs> weird and then we ended up after recording we talked for like two more hours just because we were that like into the conversation so Drew thank you so much for just hanging out with me man it was so fun um, and then Devani Anjali. Ha ha. I got it right. Devani Anjali. Um, she's probably going to be like, no, you got it wrong. <laughs> but you said it so confidently. Yeah, you know what? It is. That is your name now. No, I'm joking. <laughs> That's I'm not going to do that. Devani. Uh, I just wanted to thank you so much for, uh, becoming such a strong supporter of our show. Um, you have, uh, from the moment you started listening to our show, you have really started to shout out to other people, what we're doing and what we're saying. And, um, promote us and and it's been so wonderful and, and so kind of you to do that um and it, and it fills my heart with just so much joy every time you post something and and uh talk about us and it was such a joy to have you on our show and uh, again to make another friend through this this crazy terrible year um and and i'm so glad that that we get to keep um keep talking nice um and of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the Fables of <laughs> Refuge cast. I mean, <laughs> um, if yeah. you guys listen to our Halloween special, which if you haven't, you should, even though yeah, it's Christmas. Yeah, why are you here? Stop! Um, stop this! There's only probably five minutes left. Yeah. Stop it! Go listen to that, and then come back to this. Yeah. So they, I mean, helped us out so much. Tyler was a fan of that show before, yeah. like long before we reached out to them to try yeah. to help with that project. Um, so that was just really cool for us. And in particular, we wanted to shout out Allie. Um, she's been a friend of the show for a long time. She's I mean, been since on our the show. beginning, almost she has been. You know, her podcast, Best Friends Playbook, um, and then her show Fables. Like we we reached out, and and she was always there for us. So we love Allie. Yes, she's the best. Um, um, and and we Crystal, love- obviously from Best Friends Playbook, we we would we would be remiss if we didn't yes. mention Crystal as well. Crystal too, and then um, also from Fables of Refuge, David Carmichael. Yeah, uh, for hanging out with us. He was on correspondence yeah. very early on. Yeah, that Andy invited me onto his show as well, which um, legitimately it was one of the highlights of my year. Um, so, so Carmichael, if if you're listening to this, I just want you to understand how impactful that was. Um, Tyler's was, a super fan. Yeah, I'm <laughs> a fan of, of Fables of Refuge, but then your podcast, uh, which I haven't seen any new episodes of, so I'm still waiting on those, bud. Um, <laughs> but my episode is out, so that's fine. Um, it was legitimately it was life affirming it was uh podcast affirming it was creatively affirming it was everything for me being able to hang out with you and austin and 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 the gang to 
to to do that episode. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that, man. And thank you, thank you to everybody else who wrote in, uh, submitted stories for our Halloween episode. They were amazing. I mean, last year was great. This year was, was, so, was so much good. better. Uh, we had so many submissions. Uh, we didn't have to harass our friends as much to submit things. Right. We had people who actually, who actually volunteered to yeah. submit things, so that was fun. <clears throat> um, and yeah, just for trusting us with your work and yeah, uh, I it was great. And a lot of our writers came from uh, the Phoenix Quill, which is a, a group that I've been a part of for a while now, and. Um, it was it, it's so cool to see uh, people that I have become friends with through Facebook who are genuinely interested in what I'm doing so thank you guys so much for for everything that you've done all the support that I get on that page and and then you know just just submitting your work to us it, it was so great it was so great um, and then last but certainly not least uh, our good friends over at the book nook we haven't been able to spend much time there this year yeah uh, it's given been hard the shit show that is 2020 but we still love you guys and uh you guys have been great supporters of the the show megan and yeah. paul they uh, help from day one from day negative like 90 yeah, or whatever. they were so ready they were so on board with our show and they um they every time i need a book they're there to help me get the book um and on libro they're the ones that got me on libro fm um and so i support their bookstore on libro and if if you're interested in libro and you want to sign up and you don't know any local friendly bookstores just look up the book nook in canby you can support a small business uh on this website and you can support the one that that we support if if you have no other choice if you have no one that you know of support the book nook they're they're wonderful wonderful people and, and you can order books online too so if, them, yeah, if you're trying to order a book uh don't go to the a word <laughs> just get it shipped from the book nook don't go to nile.com <laughs> no definitely not i mean i don't know what nile.com is no. maybe don't go there because it could be bad but <laughs> you never know nowadays. i feel like isn't blue nile like a diamond website or something oh i have no idea i thought you were gonna say something else no no. No, don't go there either or do it's not my business yeah yeah, what you do on your ip address is up to you (laughs) so yeah so uh we have anything else no we're gonna uh, be back in february um there's so many people so many people that have contributed to our show that I that we just I mean we could list out all of our correspondence episodes and just thank you individually uh, just know that we really appreciate you guys coming on our show and taking time uh, and then and then you guys as the listeners thank you seriously we, oh, yeah. we you know listeners. we wouldn't be here without you like there would be no point in Hannah talking to me if, <laughs> if you weren't listening <laughs> I think at this point like I, I'm stuck with you we're gonna yeah. be friends regardless yeah, we're, we're stuck together doing something um, so it was uh, it, it's been a, such a fun year um, of podcasting obviously not a fun year <laughs> um, and and you guys the listeners it, it makes all the difference that we hear from you and we we know that you're enjoying our show and speaking of hearing from you and knowing that you're enjoying our show uh tyler what's the new platform that people can <laughs> oh, you're leave jumping us a review all the way on down there huh yeah you're so excited about this so um i've come into knowledge of podchaser.com 
Podchaser app. I don't know what it is. Podchaser. Just type it into Google. You'll find it. Um, and it's it's pretty much become uh, the place to, to get um, a, a review or something of, of a podcast. Um, it's basically IMDB, but for podcasts. Um, you can go onto Podchaser and you can you can see reviews from other listeners. You can see what the what their general idea is. You can leave reviews on Podchaser. That's the big one. And also follow up. You can leave reviews on individual episodes on Podchaser, which is also a huge one. So maybe for our Halloween episode, if people really liked it, they can leave reviews for that. Um, and uh, and then in general, you know, that's that's if if that's the place that everybody's going to start going, we need reviews on that. Um, so as a, as a little Christmas gift to us, you know, if you want to show us just a little bit more support this year, um, and we would, we would love to see a review, uh, of, of our show, um, and, and know that, that people are, are out there listening, what they think of it. Exactly. Yeah. It'll help us make the show better in the future too. If we know what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. Um, and then. I mean, you can rate and review us on whatever platform you use if it yeah. uh, allows that function. Also, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode, especially when we come back from our little break. Yeah, we're you know we're we're not exactly sure what our time frame is going to look like because we just want to fucking chill, you guys. <laughs> like, we just need to. We I don't even want to stress about like oh on February fourteenth we got to be back. I, why did I pick Valentine's Day? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just. We're just going to chill for a little bit. Um, we'll probably start rolling out some of our older episodes just to kind of fill in the space. So you, if you haven't listened to the older stuff, you'll get a chance in the next month or so to, to check out some of that. Um, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at uh, lewisandlovecraft at gmail.com. We accept uh, everything, anything, criticism, comments. Um, if you want to write flash fiction that you want us to... Um, showcase in an episode, send it over. Uh, I'm I'm still working through. Uh, someone sent in a story. Uh, I'm trying to re- read through it when I have time, so that we can maybe in the new year actually start doing that. So um, now would be a great time if you've got a story that you want to share with the world, or or even if you just want to critique, we're happy to read and critique something for you. We're readers. We're writers. We we do that. Um, don't send over novels. We're not going to critique your novel. Like, I'm talking like short stories. or Flash fiction. Or, you know. But, but yeah, so if you have a story you want to share, feel free to share. It doesn't have to be fiction. If you've got, like, a cool story about books or something or meeting an author, just let us know. We're we're happy to read fan mail um, without it having to be, like, gushy, gushy fan mail. Um, You can see all of our stuff on Instagram at Lewis and Lovecraft. Um, that's where I post most of our stuff. Um, I used to post once every day, but it's gotten so crazy. I have not been able to do so, but hopefully once this break is over and I'm fresh again, we can keep that up. You can see us on facebook.com backslash Lewis and Loveground, where we post the exact same things from Instagram, but less regularly and Lewis and Lovecraft.com, which might look different in the year, new year, maybe. Ooh, Possibly. That's what you call a teaser. <laughs> um, and as always, thank you to Jake Basson for our awesome intro music. You can find him at soundcloud.com slash Jake Basson. That's spelled B as in boy, A-S-S-E-N. Is that it, Tyler? No, there's one more gift. It's from all of our fans to us. Hold on, <laughs> let me just open it up. 
What is it, Hannah? <gasps> what is it? It's them telling their friends about oh us. Oh my God, that was so extra. <laughs> Seriously, yes, Podchaser is the place to go leave a review. But if you want us to grow, you need to tell your friends about us. It's the only way that we're going to grow. It, word of mouth is the only way that people listen to new podcasts. You're going to tell them about our show. Then they're going to go look at Podchaser to make sure it's a good show. And then they'll try it out. That's, so that's how it goes. Just do it. Otherwise, the ghost of Christmas, past, present, and future will have to come haunt you and show you why you're doing the wrong thing by not telling a friend. And then you'll just have to tell a friend at the end anyway. So cut out the middleman. Wow. Well done. We have no teaser because we don't know what the fuck we're going to do next year. <laughs> we have some ideas. But Cheers just, to that. Um, guys, thank you so much. Peace. Happy New Year. <laughs>